identified as prisoner, please contact customer service at 855-466. subject matter of the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you right bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. Greetings from the prison industrial complex. You're listening to the Notes from the Pen Podcast, and I am your incarcerated host. Today with me, I have J.D. on location, live in Las Vegas. You just told me it's not live. (laughs) Live from Las Vegas. Vegas. J.D. is worried that uh, the throngs of Notes from the Pen fans or his numerous... uh, Blood oath enemies are going to track him down based on the fact that he's on, directly on the strip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be easy to find uh, a white male on the strip, yep. track him down. There can't be many white men on the strip. Yep. Uh, I may or may not be wearing a Fight Club t-shirt, so just saying. That'll... Are you trying to make me jealous? Mm-hmm. No, Do you no. mean a, sh- uh, a shirt that has Fight Club Listen, uh, do you know how many years? Shit on it. Hold on a second. I'm going to explain to you because for years I've wanted to have a Fight Club shirt, but I did not want it to say Fight Club. I found a shirt that is just a silhouette. It's a black T-shirt with white. Um, the, the, the ink is white, and it's just like a half reflection of Tyler and half a reflection of the narrator, and it's now my favorite T-shirt of all time. Yeah, that's cool. I want one with the soap on it, the pink soap on it. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's an easy one to find. That would be super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, did I ever tell you that I dressed up as Tyler Durden with my girlfriend at the time named Jenna, who kind of looked like Marla Singer? Okay. And we went to this... Uh, <laughs> Why am I we not surprised? To, <laughs> we went to... Um, so, so in Orlando, I don't think they're still around, but they were really big. Um, they were on XM and stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. So we had a good talk radio station, 104.1 okay. in Orlando. And uh, we had the local stuff. It would be Howard Stern in the morning mm-hmm. um, and then Monsters in the Midday. And it was a big group of people, Rush Rollins and Daniel Dennis and mm-hmm. Black Bean. Black Bean ended up being in some movies and in The Walking Dead. He was part of the part of one of the groups, okay. uh, one of the numerous groups that they run into and kind of team up with. And I was actually with him when he punched Drew Garabo, another radio talk show host, on the on the, the night that I the night that we went out for one of their events okay. for for New Year's. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 St. Patrick's Day. I got super drunk and had to take a shit outside of Club Terrace. Oh, like I walked around. Nice. Do we? Do we? Was this in the story? Well, I mean, in the show. No. I was like running around, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like an emergency. I lived in Orlando, mm-hmm. but I was like 20 minutes away. And the Club Terrace had just opened, like, like uh, <laughs> earlier that year. And, like, I turned right off Church Street, the main strip. I turned left, okay. and there's, like, um, a service entrance with, like, gates that you open up for, like, you know, trucks to come in, sure. and unload liquor and food. And stuff. So it's, like, open, so I, like, slide past there. And I'm right against, like, this little block wall that hides a dumpster, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it was a block wall fence and then another block wall. So I'm, like, in the corner of that little block wall at the back of the club, a yeah. uh, dumpster, and I see, like, some to- um, not toilet paper, uh, some newspaper crumpled up there. And I'm like, this is, like, happening, like, emergency status, wild animal. So <laughs> I just drop trowel. Why, why does this feel like you were 
this is some weird precursor to your current shitting situation. Like this was like this prepared me early for version of you having to shit in a prison. <laughs> when I tell the story, I say I was like squatted down there, and like you're in this crazed state when you have to know you really have to well, shit yeah. out, right? So you're not thinking of anything else. You just do it because you don't anywhere other than your pants is the best case scenario. <laughs> so, so I drop trout and just let loose. You know, yep. just a Hershey Kiss factory of, oh, <laughs> of, of nonsense, right? And I hear people walking by. Like, I'm talking about a foot and a half away from me. How, what, a block wall is like eight, eight inches, eight inches like, yeah. wide, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, so 16 inches, you know what I mean? Two yeah. feet max. And I hear, like, high, the click of high heels and, like, douchey bro, like, uh, okay. New Jersey Shore type dudes. Yeah. And they're like, and, uh, and I hear, oh, my God, what's that smell? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't possibly be. You're in there like, it's the I just dumpster. Wish I, it's the dumpster. I just, wish I, had, I just wish there was a reflective surface right there so I could just take a long, hard look at myself, <laughs> squat it down. Now, I don't know if you know what the Asian gambler stance is. Okay. Um, I think like family shoot, guy, if shooting family guy situation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, there's times because I don't have Asians in my life, like, you know, family members. So there's times where I'm like, I don't really, you know, feel quite Asian or I don't feel quite fully white. And then, um, I found myself like squatted down to do something. And, um, I read, that's when I feel, cause I, I'm like this, I saw, I've seen people out there in like the rice hats picking rice like this like i'm not about squatted down or you're like you're you're the back of your legs are touching the back of your calves i'm talking about yep. squatted all the way down right. and it's hard for most people to do that but i think it's bred into us <laughs> like, from all the wasn't that picking. like how you started that like i'm going to start the duck walk you always had to kind of do that like gym class in third grade and they're like we're going to do the duck walk and you basically yeah same thing you're your th- the back of your quads touch your calves and then yeah, so I that's me there with like. And what did you refer pants. that? Asian gambler stance. The Chinese, the Chinese gambler stance, or the Asian gambler. I've heard him say it. Uh, Stewie say it in the family and family guy once before. <laughs> he's he's got a picnic blanket out and he's trying to get comfortable and he keeps trying all these different positions. And I was one of them. He's like Asian guy gambling. I can do that perfectly. It comes natural to us. And so, um, yeah, I think my life. I think I would have turned my life around a lot sooner had I seen like caught a glimpse of myself and like the gre- the pizza grease on the side of the dumpster <laughs> or something like, something like that. Like, I um, gotta, yeah, something's got to change here. What was um, the precursor? Did you just have a shitty meal or something or just, nope? No, I was partying all day drinking, ah. drinking green, green beer. And all. But this all started as us talking about, <laughs> about talk radio. Okay. And I have no idea what the hell are we talking about. I don't know. About? You started out as you wanted to tell me that you were dressed as Tyler Durden. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you. This is, by the way, this episode, just in case you guys didn't know, is us is spinning laps, which is basically like a notion of the week. It's just us spinning laps and mm-hmm. talking shit the way we would normally talk shit if we were out on the back 40. Right. And this definitely happens all the time where yeah. we get to go. Yeah, it happened to Justin the other day. He got to tell him a story, and then he was like, I forgot. And I was like, <laughs> we were like, yeah, well, what the hell are you talking <laughs> What happened? So, yeah. <laughs> so Mon- the Monsters of the Midday radio show, which for which I was there for that event with for the one thing. And I started to get in with them where they kind of knew me, you know, and they mm-hmm. would see me at places. I would call in sometimes and have one-liners, the jokes. And uh, uh-huh. so um, 
monsters. Yeah, so they so they had God. so they so they played like they they were in a band and they they all played they played like joke songs. There was this dude Bubba Whoop Ass Wilson. It sounds Bubba Whoop Ass Wilson. Okay, goddamn. <laughs> this is Central Florida shit. He's from Louisiana, but he's a good musician. He's got he's got a song called Everett the Drunken Piano that okay. is a legitimate fucking song, and and I can't wait to like be able to hear it again. Ever oh, or yeah. Everett. Everett, Everett, the drunken, the drunken yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do my best. Yeah. And so, uh, so they they would have events. So they had an event in um, Old Town in Orlando, and it, it was it was Halloween, and it it was uh, you got to dress up and, and go on stage, and you know if you make it to like the final, they put you up there. So I was dressed like <laughs> Tyler Durden, and Jenna was dressed like Marla Singer, and I had the red coat. I was gonna ask um, what version know, like, are we talking about? Shaved head? Did you go full out or? No, I should have. That's a problem. <laughs> I did my hair. My hair didn't match, but everything else did. I had yep. um, the like, gold, the checker. like the checker glasses and shit. Right. Yep. And uh, you know, like he has like the reddish, leathery looking yep. like blazer jacket type thing. Sure. I had I had that on, and I had like I was looking for the weird, you know, porn. So you know, at the end when he has like the, it's almost like a wife beater, but it's a bunch of porn pictures on it. So I was kind of going for that. Anyways, I get on stage and I'm like, hold on, hold on one second, dude. No, thanks. We're okay. Housekeeping. We're trying to do a show here, lady. Um, this afternoon's fine. We don't need housekeeping. Bring her, put her on the, thank you. Put put her on the microphone. Get over here. (laughs) That happens, right? On regular podcasts? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) The only, the only podcast I listen to, she's going to she she took a break from her podcast to come up there and check, check, check on you. She's See if we can be on like, it later. Do you need something? I'm like, no, scram. Yeah, fucking privacy. <laughs> and when's the last time you open a hotel door and there's a guy sitting there with fucking headphones and a microphone? <laughs> Sit underwear. Do you need anything? Yeah, I need you to speak up. Either talk to the, into the microphone or she, be I'm it. telling you right now, she's going to tell her friends that the cops are in there monitoring somebody else in this hotel. <laughs> it's like, the, it's like fear, fear and loathing in Las Vegas uh, when the, the maid comes in. No, I was thinking of, uh, uh, shit, Donnie Brasco. And there's all those dudes in the room with all the recording equipment. Yeah, I'm fucked. Yeah, so anyway, so they have so we dre- we dressed up there and I'm zanning out and I'm on stage and and I'm like I'm like uh, you still had your clothes on at this point. I'm like Daniel Day Lewis when he plays a role. Like I'm method. Ah. I'm like for all you, <laughs> I'm not breaking call your Tyler. I'm Tyler. I'm Tyler during the whole night, which which means I'm a prick. So wait, so, I can I'm, already see it. Did you give him the speech? Like you're not your fucking no, khakis. Uh, you're not no, your bank account. Uh-uh. You, you didn't, didn't, they didn't give oh. you they didn't they didn't give you a chance to have a microphone. They introduce you and you walk up on stage and you walk past, right? Oh, okay. So I'm smoking a cigarette when I'm when I'm up there and I just flick it into the crowd mm-hmm. like oh, like just some asshole shit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's meant to like just fly and hopefully maybe hit some guy in the chest or whatever. Nope. Where'd <laughs> it go, buddy? Actually in the forehead. In the, oh, I'm just, just, I'm just picturing it finding the one girl that like used an entire canister of white rain and it just boom just, just set her ablaze sparks on the forehead and I'm fully committed so in my mind I'm going oh shit I'm sorry but outwardly I'm like fuck you like yeah, just right. <laughs> that's bullshit um, uh, yeah let's see I never wore a fight club gear 
unless it was to dress up as Tyler Durden. Right. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, oh god, stop! I don't, what we'll talk later. Pause right now and go do your homework. Okay, so um, <laughs> so yeah, so we've caught everyone up, and now we're going to hey. shift gears because uh, you've never seen someone turn turn the wheel so hard on a on oh. a theme or subject. What? So we all know Gr Joe family show yes. family mm-hmm. you know my best friend in here and he's a brother of mine Joey and, uh, one of the things that uh we have in so much in common i think uh, we quit we we did it took us a while to discover maybe it didn't even take us that long but it, it was uh, it was impossible to ignore we're both the highest level mama's boys mm-hmm. and, and by that i mean Unconditional. They love us unconditional. It doesn't matter what we do, what we do, what we're doing. They got us, and they got our backs. And mm-hmm. the only difference is Mama Kim, that's his mom, okay. and Mama C is that Mama C is more reserved. Parties let oh, no, not more reserved. Yeah, more reserved. Mama C's a um, hmm. she. She's just she's she's not as Mama Kim parties. Okay. You know, everyone loves Mama Kim too, but she's out there partying. She's a mom that all, still... that's like, yeah, have your friends come over. I'd rather you guys drink here and okay. like they're smoking, and drinking. You have one minute remaining. There might be keys that dip in a little ah. tiny bag of white powder okay. and stuff like that, right? And and Mama C was more, you know, um, more of a, a, a more general housewife, I guess. But mm. but they're both like still completely uh, punk rock, just. Yeah, just she not set that shit aside probably when she had you guys. And, and there is um a, that's like the difference between Joe and I too. Joe is um a little more fr- I know this might sound or not sound accurate, but he's a little more freewheeling and mm-hmm. you know, like you like that I can see that difference between Mama C and Mama Kim, which isn't huge. It's small. Okay. Uh, translate into the slight different the differences in our personalities. You know what I mean? But but the point is they're super close and we were both formed. You know, Joe's pop killed dad killed himself when he was um in his teens or whatever. Really? So it's been yeah, it's been him and old Mama Kim. Now Mama Kim has had C O P D I believe and mm-hmm. she never stopped partying and so there Thank you for so yeah, so we bonded on that, and mm-hmm. um, it wasn't even before we left that I started talking to Mama Kim, and he would talk to Mama C because when one of us went on LOP, uh, yeah. you know, cool. we would call, call the other one and be like, "He's on LOP," and and one of the things you do with your really close friends, mm-hmm. it happens less here um, because the profession, the profession of actually jailing as a lifestyle, isn't as strict as it is in other levels where it's your career and not a side gig, you know? Right. And yeah. so one of the things you do is when you get close to someone, you give you give them your hookup. And that means your number one contact out in the world in case anything yeah. happens. If I go mm-hmm. to the hole and you're in your 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 homie, your friend knows exactly what to do. They mm-hmm. they like when it happened to Joe, when I came back and they're like Joe's in the hole, I immediately went and got my got my book and called his mom. Um and so but before that, because of that, Mama Kim and I would talk, and uh, and sure, she's just like Mama C. Like all she needs to know is that Joe loves me, and then she loves me, and then that's it. And um, yep. you know, a Mama C and Mama Kim would talk. You know, especially oh, right when we on. went to different joints. Yeah. yeah, they know each other, and she, and uh, Joey's mom would always support my writing, and she would read all my stuff and talk about it and share it with her friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
when we'd have visits, I said we'd pull our the tables together and we'd have like kind of oh, we're cool, not really man. supposed to, but almost like dueling visits. Sure. And so um, look at what but, my mom brought know, me. Right, <laughs> nothing because they can't bring you anything. But uh, <laughs> she uh, about once a year she would get like pneumonia or something, and Joe would be like, "God damn it!" He'd get mad at her. You know, yeah. uh, like I told you, you got to stop smoking. And what do you? And, and Mama Kim was out there living her best life. She wasn't, you know, she had his back and do anything for him. And when Joey, you know, when Joey's out in the world, he uh, he ran freight. Like he was, uh, mm-hmm. he's like the middleman between people who need. He handled a lot of loads. Yep. People who need loads <laughs> taken somewhere, and he would hook them up with drivers. And you make a cut off it. You know, you make. You know, someone says, "I got this load. I'm willing to pay this for it to get over here." And then he goes to the the driver and says, I'll pay you this for it. And, and when he, you know, he had cracked six figures, like, uh, you know, he's on his way up. He'd make six figures for the first time, uh, the year he got locked up. And, um, when everything happened, it, you know, a lot of that crumbled, but he still had a couple customers and his mom would, mom, mom's been running okay, his customers sure. for him. So he had a steady supply, you know, that's how he was living high on the hog in here while, while his buddy, while his brother was in here on his knucks. Um, yeah. So, so every now and again, she'd 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 get sick, and he'd be mad at her, and obviously he wouldn't stay mad at her because he couldn't. And, well, no. Yeah, and so that's kind of how we talk back and forth too. Like he he'll Jay pay Mama C every now and again. She gets so busy and gets hard to write. Well, um, on the sixth, he Jay paid Mama C and said he he just said his mom his mom's dying. Yep. And he said uh, we didn't talk about this yet. Right. No. He said, uh, yeah, he said his mom's dying. And my mom messaged it to me. And uh, my heart just sunk. And I was like, God fucking damn it. Yeah. He said in his message, he said, I I made her promise that she's not going to, like, he must have heard it in a JK. Because he said, I made her promise me that she's not going to die. So I can at least talk to her. Okay. Like, like you got to hold on. Promise me you're not going to die tonight so I can talk to you. Before before our before we get separated mm-hmm. I'm in the place and I don't even get to talk to you and she promised okay and um a couple of days later we you know I, I immediately wrote him a, a message right and um and there's what do you say there's nothing really to say but yeah try to say something so I uh I wrote down what I said and, and okay I thought I'd yeah and then kind of Yes. I, um, Looking forward to hearing. I mean, it's nothing big. I just said, I honestly don't don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. No words of wisdom. Enough, so I'll just say that I love you. You are my brother. You're my family. My family is your family. I mean that. This is this is one of life's cruelest acts. Something we'll all have to go through. I can't even imagine. But you got to make it through. We're almost done with this fucking nightmare. I have shit lined up first by the time you get out. Stay strong. Know that I'm with you and Mama Kim. Let me know if there's anything I can do. Call Mama C if you need anything. I love you and I'm here with you. Big bro, Bobby Cow. Because he knows I hate when he calls me Bobby Cow. So I said, I'm doing it. So then we get a message a couple, like the next day, and he says, She's doing a little better. They're oh. moving her to hospice. Okay. How hospice now? Yeah. Right? Okay. That's not a good sign, huh? You know, it's not. And, no. um, but the fact that you said that she's doing a little better—I mean, there's a little bit of hope there. So I immediately wrote back and said, "Forget all that stuff I said. You're a pussy." And uh, 
was, no, I didn't say any of that. Um, oh, God, you asshole. <laughs> uh, so he wrote back, promise, and then I, I get on there last night, and it's, you know, it's been a couple of days, and uh, my mom says she got a message from Joe, Ken passed. Oh, and he sent a message, and he said, yeah, I thought I'd read that too. He said, hey, Mama C, she passed away at 10 p.m. last night. I'm hurting a lot, but I'm going to be all right. It just doesn't feel real that I can't just call my mom. I pull out all the pictures of her. Luckily, that lady loves to take and send me pictures, LOL. <laughs> he wrote an LOL. Uh, I love he said, I got a lot of I just, uh, I just want you to know I appreciate your words and know that and know that this will be hard, but I'll get through it. And then uh, that was pretty much it, which punched me in the stomach for multiple yeah. reasons. One, he's, he's, pretty, he's being pretty mature about it, or, or yeah. I'm, just, I'm just surprised, uh, not surprised, pleasantly surprised. Um, but, you know, we've kind of known this was, like, coming, but that doesn't make it easier or... It, it like doesn't. That. No, it doesn't. And it's it, it's it's probably more common than we think. You know, it's it's like having an elder, you know, grandparent or great grandparent, and you've just kind of known for years, and maybe they've been going through some, you know, some sort of disease or dementia or something like that. By by the time it happens, you almost feel guilty for the way that you react to certain things. And I know, like a parent is certainly different. You know, that's that's much harder to deal with. But there's still a part of you. It's like. Man, why am I not like on my fucking knees, like weeping? And at some point, it probably will happen. You know, you will. No, no, I'm sure point, he is. But I'm just. No, I, no, I'm sure. I, I'm, I know what you mean. I'm sure he is. I think he's just. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's just trying to be strong and, and. Right. You know, that's just pretty. Uh, I don't know it's pretty strong. Well, you know, to say that here's the other sad thing is this isn't the first one. You know, first kind of I don't want to say loss within the family, but you know. It hasn't been that long ago that JC went through something very similar with his son, oh, and it's like, Christ. dude, like, <clears throat> excuse me, we've we've been down this road a little bit, you know. And JC has certainly kept his head up, and I'm, you know, I'm super proud of him. Shout out to JC. You know, I talked to him last week, and sounds like he's still doing good. Um, so unfortunately, this is not a new topic. Here's the thing: this this individual thing for. If there's a such thing as uh, as uh, something common to all of us, because mm-hmm. every single person in here is in here for different reasons, and this is every inmate's worst nightmare: oh. is losing someone you're closest to while you're in prison. Mm-hmm. Because when you get sentenced to prison, for those that don't know, Joe's in prison for a DUI that caused the death of two people. Mm-hmm. All right, the person, and this isn't mitigating the other you know whatever his responsibility but the the other person who was driving the car which had a passenger was also intoxicated and they died and, and joe didn't die mm-hmm. and so joe went to prison and when you get sentenced to prison i feel like the the thought process behind it is like well you committed this thing and then now you got to go sit down for x amount of years you know because there's some people hurting because you know of joe joe's incident mm-hmm. joe's circumstances but you sit someone down for that, and that's fine. You take a, you take a certain amount of years from someone, but but the thing is, none of that shit happens in a vacuum. It's all connected. And when when 
in a weird, sad way, if your family member dies while you're in prison, it's almost like they died when you came to prison because you'll never get to see like that was the last time you'd ever get to you ever got to see them and hug them and actually hang out with them mm-hmm. and party with them and, and be with them without a camera on you and people literally looking over your shoulder and watching every little move you do right and so in a way that's like the, whatever the exact opposite of a fucking cherry on top for this whole shit dessert yeah. that that the, that this institution is and the fact that how is how is it part of Joe's sentence that his mom had to die without her son there? Man, that it's he not, has to. I mean, he has to make his mom promise not to die, so that he gets to say a word to her before she dies. The very last time right. he has a chance to. Mm-hmm. How is that part of your sentence? You know, yeah, how, how do you not let that turn to fuck anger and hatred at this system, mm-hmm. right? For, uh, well, the system is unfair. For, it's not set up for any type of humanity whatsoever. We've talked about that, and that's the thing, right? Because like the, the option, the other thing is like, well, what's the solution? We're not supposed to put you in prison. Well, no, that can still be a thing. You can still put someone in prison, mm-hmm. but why can't you have real? actually like intimate visits out so it used to be you could come up here and when my mom would visit from out of state you come up here and you you your unit has that the visiting for that whole day mm-hmm. so you can come up at eight in the morning and you can stay till eight at night and right. you can spend all that time with people and even though you're getting looked at and watched and cameras and you're Doesn't eating gas matter. station food out of any machine you're still there with the person for a long period of time right. now as soon as covid hit they canceled visits right and now when they brought them back slowly they brought him back with, with dividers in between and no food and no kissing, blah, blah, blah. And then they got rid of the dividers. And now everything involved with COVID is done, except they still have two-hour visits, right? But even aside from, like, the full long-term visits, if you were to focus on actually treating the visiting situation as humane as possible, and not necessarily for us, but for the family members, right? Yeah. I never understood that. Like, it's not even for us. If you if you're a child and your dad has a drunk DUI mm-hmm. and you only get to see him for two hours, you know, twice a year because you can't afford to drop everything, take all the time off, pay the gas, go visit, get a hotel to stay over because all these prisons are on the fucking boondocks, right? Right? Yeah. How is that fair to that little kid? Forget us. We did what we did or whatever. But if there was a consideration for the humanity of not just the people in here, but the innocent people that are family members right right if there was just a little bit of an effort to try to make it to where they could still maintain some sort of relationship yeah, with the, sure. with the, the person they love or in their lives like why can't you know, fuck a conjugal visit I mean, I mean i'm not saying that but like why can't we have you know because there's some place i think it's in california where they have these little duplexes and they're on the prison yep. compound and okay. you have conjugal visits and you stay the stay the week in there yep why can't you have, why, why aren't there, why, see, this is the thing. If they got rid of mass incarceration and then did targeted incarceration, it would free up a bunch of resources, time, and manpower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could build 
a couple places that allowed family interaction for the weekend if you behaved well. Absolutely. You could go in there and you could spend time with your family, with your kid. You can spend a couple of days. And guess what? The deterrence of being in prison is still there because no one is looking forward to living that life you know, no. in here. But it allows some sense of, of... You have one minute remaining. Maintenance for a family structure that you otherwise obliterate right. at the stroke, with the stroke of a gavel. And the ramifications from that just play out. You can look at the statistics. You sure, remove people. Uh, oftentimes, the breadwinner of the family, uh, uh, the main uh, financial Source provider mm-hmm. and disciplinary provider and all that stuff, and then the family gets destroyed. And those kids are like 10 times more likely to wind up in prison. And the family is 10 times more likely to, obviously not exactly, but more likely to end up on government assistance mm-hmm, or sure. to need help. Or, and we all end up paying for it tenfold if you would just try to make, try to keep a little humanity. Yes. Because unless you're going to kill us in here, it benefits you and everyone else to make sure you don't break and destroy people and their extended family in the process of this. Because that's what's currently happening. How about just allowing you guys to have a little bit of reprieve if somebody in your family goes into hospice? I mean, at that point, Jesus, give us a visit. Right. There used to be... I mean, so Even if it's a video a, visit, for shit's sakes. There's a way for... Um, I, I actually wrote about this when when um, I was at Kinross, and I was called off the yard by intercom on the big yard okay. to come back to the unit, and I immediately panicked because that's rare. I had no reason to call me. They ended up calling me into the office and, and telling me, asking me if I knew someone named Doug Stanhope <laughs> and, um, because they, they want to come visit you and they're not on the visitor list or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I, I wrote a little piece about it, but that's the first thing you think because when someone dies, they'll, call, they'll typically call you and they'll hand you a house phone, a, a wireless house phone. Gut punch. And... Um, now that's not always. I've been handed one before, and it was about a grievance thing. But but for, but that's by and large, and, that's right. And, and then and then, and then when that happens, that means that's how you are delivered the news that your dad's dead, or your brother's dead, or or your son, God forbid, is dead, or your daughter, or whatever it is, and you're just left holding this phone, and you just see like the blood rush out of someone and. They don't really say much, and then they hand the phone back, and then they kind of zombie walk back to their bunk. Yeah. And a little, well, I can't, I can't help but think that a major party dies when oh, that happens, my and it never comes back to life, and it's gone. And you can go, they have things where you can go to a, a family member's funeral, right? JC got to go. Yes, he did. But the thing with JC is he had someone pay the six thousand dollars it would cost because you have to pay for all the transport cops time and money yep. the gas there the all like everything right and so they'll come and pick you up and his he's actually from he, he's from this area you could see the silo to the, his family's farm from the big yard of the really? other side when we were out there yeah so his is super close and he had someone pay someone someone lucky enough for someone to pay but joe to fly down to florida and not just that because that's where mama kim was living you know they're from grand Rapids, but she was down in florida living that Mm -hmm. that florida life and um she was also sanibel island was where she was living so the whole house got destroyed oh yeah that's right came through there and so 
there's no way he could pay, he could pay to you know, that would probably cost a hundred thousand yeah. dollars to fly to get all the people to even let them go from state to state they might not like might, they might not even let allow that at all that might not even be a thing the state to state thing so so yeah and then so what are you left with you're left with if you're lucky getting on the phone yourself and you think it's hard to record these episodes with 15 minute little bursts with that dumb lady yeah. talking about you have one imagine trying to say goodbye to your mom for the very last time mm. by while being rushed off the yard hang it up it's count time how does that not turn into a, a royally like burning coal of hatred for this place, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's what you want to happen, you know, but it, but it takes active effort to fight against that. You know, when you're consistently, it just, it, that, that, it just seems so fucking inhumane. Anyways, that, that's... Can I ask um, how much uh, solace or how much um, compassion or, or I mean, that might be the wrong word, do you receive from, hope, like, other inmates? Like, regardless of the situation, if they know something happened like that, like... Nothing, really. Okay. But it's not out of lack of compassion. It's a lack of... I mean, your homies and stuff are going to, like, man, you know, like... Right, try but and even that, mm-hmm. even that, it's, it's you want to... When that shit happens in here, if, you, if ever in your life you're on the edge of, like, literally losing your mind mm-hmm. and, like, snapping... So there's a real tenu- tenuous handling of it to where everyone basically goes, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. If there's anything you need, let me know. And then they step away. They step back. You, you know, you're, you're in a place where you're not supposed to show weakness, and you're certainly not supposed to fucking cry. And so yeah. you're in this place, and you can't even process those emotions. So the, for the most part, it's, it's people give you room. In, in an attempt okay. to let you grieve. Okay. So instead of saying, like, come here, they basically say, listen, I'm going to turn away yeah. so you can do what you got to do without me, without worrying about me watching you. How long you does know? that typically last? Day? Not long. Okay. Yeah, not long. It just is what it is, man. This isn't rare. It happens all the time. In I, here. Yeah, that's and, what I'm afraid of, yeah. I'm sure that's what we're, I mean, we're all thinking that. God It happens damn. all the time. And it's, uh, just knowing Joey and how close they were, and, and how just how amazing she was and everything, and that's just, it's just a gut punch, and, and it really floored me. And I couldn't even like take notes about it last night without yeah. without choking up. And, oh, dude, and, uh, we love him. We love you, Joe. Love you, Joey. So, uh, yeah, but this is part of it. This is part of that thing. And, mm-hmm. and uh, needless to say, my biggest fear, and um, I think if we can, you know, this show. Mm-hmm. about uh, appreciating what you got while you got it. So anyone out there now, if this reminds you of anything or anyone, and you're not bound by 15-minute phone calls that are listened to and you've dropped on and you're not inside a cage and you can call someone whenever you want or text someone whenever you want, you know, I feel like I feel like just little things of of intentional, you know, love or whatever it is, just to say, hey, man, I was thinking about you. Just make sure you're good. I miss you. Somebody you haven't talked to in a while. Don't don't ever waste that time. Prison taught me that. Don't ever waste that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Don't ever put off some shit uh, assuming tomorrow's going to come and you're going to be able to tell that person what they mean to you and, and all right. that stuff. You just don't know. Um, so, uh, yeah, don't waste be, any opportunity. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, not 
just as an experiment, just to tie into this, you know, how much time you're going to spend or how much uh, reliance you're going to have with, you know, being able to, you know, use a telephone anytime you want, text all you want. You know, do you think that that's going to be something where it's just like because you haven't had it for so long, like you're just going to be all over it? Like, man, I got to call everybody I know all the time or text, blah, blah, blah. Or do you think you're going to be much more reserved about that and be more in the moment with the people you're immediately with? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to have to figure that out when I when I get out there. Yeah, yeah I really I don't know. That's so foreign to me right now. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you want to say, yeah, I'll be on the phone all the time. But. I don't know. I'm sure I will be on the phone a lot doing stuff. <laughs> at least for a while. Know. I mean, at least for a this, while. This, I mean, you're going to be idea, like, look at all these games that are on these little phones now. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do those games. <laughs> I'm kidding, games, buddy. Stuff with I'm kidding. No, a lot of people do. And a lot of people in here are on their tablets with the, with all the games and stuff. And Buddy, I, I, have, I have run, I've been in Vegas for exactly whatever, 15 hours, and I've bumped into more fucking people looking down at their phone. Just walking around this goddamn place, you know what I mean? Like you're just not even. Meanwhile, it's like, almost like, why don't you watch where I'm going? Like that just feels like that's the fucking attitude right now, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> like, you know what's crazy? Ironically, they're in the one place that's brighter, more, <laughs> more flashy, attractive, and designed to hold you're your attention. You're inside of a television, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're inside of a phone. <laughs> Yeah, people are still like all that. All that like psychological studies on what what sounds to put with a like, but when you click like and and like that ding and all that shit, that all started in Vegas. You're in the phone. Why don't you look up from your phone because you're in a goddamn phone yeah. and have fun? There's legal prostitution. There's there's magic. There's literal magic shows. There's there's walking memes everywhere. It is like it how is meta like... do you need to be? Are you whether whether in so a phone on a on a phone playing a, a simulation where their character is also in Vegas. On Wasn't that like phone. a weird Leo DiCaprio movie where it's like, like Inception. some dream inside a dream inside a dream? Yeah. yeah. Inception. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got to pretend like I understood Inception so I don't feel like a dummy. Meanwhile, everyone's just pretending they understood Inception. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. How does that make you feel? <laughs> it's really I just heard some, oh, exception. Some SNL sketch where somebody's like, uh, they did some like musical parody about a dream inside a dream inside a dream. Like what? Okay. Yeah, you're, you're still watching just, SNL. No, you're the guy. You're the guy that's I'm still guy. watching <laughs> SNL. The one guy. <laughs> uh, I, I'm still stuck like on YouTube clips. I'm that. It's I'm so that bad. bad. <laughs> the only the only decent thing on Saturday Night Live now is the Weekend Update. With uh, Colin Jost, Michael Che and Colin Jost, yeah. yeah that's yeah. other than that, like these guys, every every sketch is some version of someone being super awkward, sure. and then the, the the other people usually playing kids going, uh, no, why would that be a thing? <laughs> uh, it's just like it's just this constant Very like self aware of self-aware like it's all just the same version of someone being super weird and saying some super random and then mm. the person going what <laughs> what <laughs> this <one's> stupid <laughs> and, um, I watched it when Chappelle was on there for his um his mo- monologue you know, yeah and that, was, and that was about it but uh yeah Chris Rock's yeah. new special just came out and um I know oh. I know I was talking to Doug oh. about it I, I was um I was I saw some of the when it came out. I saw some of the clips of the of the stuff where he 
for everyone knows he got slapped by Will Smith mm-hmm. and he waited right he really went into, Boy, into pilot mode <laughs> and then they say he waited to like the last 10 minutes of the set of the special to really go in mm-hmm. and uh, they played some clips of it and that's kind of why I was talking to Doug but Doug didn't see it but uh, yeah, how was it? Uh, there, I, I saw some of them. He was saying talking about same thing. outrage, bits and pieces, bits and pieces. Man, haven't sat down and given it the old you know college listen yet, but I will. But the, the stuff that I saw, I was like, oh my goodness, there's a reason why he's as good as he is. Yeah, right. And so <laughs> I'm always going to be on the side of the comedian. And so the fact that Will Smith couldn't take a joke that wasn't even about, and it wasn't even a rough joke really. <laughs> and he gets up there and slaps him. And so I guess the whole he does this callback where the theme he starts out with is kind of like selective outrage. Like Will Smith is, chooses to be selectively outraged, but he starts with talking about other people. And at the end, he says, Will Smith chooses to be selectively outraged about stuff, you know, no, he's, and he's the very idea, smart about the way he went about it, you know, who rock. Yeah. Oh when yeah. You yeah. take somebody where their gift is gab. I mean, they putting words together succinctly, you got to be real fucking careful with who you about who you're slapping. With. Yep, right. Exactly. And that's that. That this is why I really can't wait to see it and, and to hear it because Will Smith took advantage of the fact that he, that Chris Rock's a skinny, small dude mm-hmm. who, who's not who not a real big you know, threat. He's, yeah, he's frail. And this in Smith, he's not a small dude. He goes up there and no. he knows he's not going to get anything back, so he slaps the shit out of him. And uh, that's okay though because Chris Rock's got something else, so he goes and sits on it. Yep. And he waved, and, he, and what did he do? He did it uh, uh, Academy Award weekend too. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> the for it. What so, was the, the I, I would love to town. hear the general chatter, like when that happened. Like, what was the general feeling like among inmates when when that slap happened? Was everybody like, "Oh, I would have oh. fucked that dude up," you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, it was split. Some people were on Will Smith's side, like, "Yeah, you don't talk about someone's woman," and okay. uh, you know me, I'm all I stayed out of it because I'd get really heated about the shit. Like, get the fuck out of here! You're yeah. in the public eye, and you want to get up there and slap. And it didn't even seem like he wasn't even. I know he made a joke about her hairstyle, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think he knew she had alopecia. I think he was just saying, like, yeah, I don't oh, think that was G.I. Jane, Jane, the movie where uh, Demi Moore had a shaved head. Like, yeah. it was such an innocuous joke to me. But whatever they were, I think he brings up. You haven't even you've seen clips where he's, he's. I think he says he wasn't mad at me. He was mad at his wife because she was sleeping with his son's best friend. Mm. Yeah, I've That's kind of, I've seen those clips. That too. might be slightly upsetting. Yeah. I mean, go slap that kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't they do that? I, I don't, and I'm talking out of my ass here because I don't pay enough attention, but uh, didn't they like sit down and interview each other about it or something weird? Like she. No, hell no. I'm pretty sure. Somebody, interview who? I, oh, no, no. Okay. I thought you meant about Chris Rock. Interview. You have one minute remaining. Like they sat down on like TV, television and talked about. The infidelity, I think. I oh, I don't know. Maybe I think. I know it's an open re- liar. So I know it's an open relationship, but all I ever hear about is who she's banging, mm-hmm. and I don't hear nothing about who he's banging. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if it's like, is it open when it's just one person doing it? Isn't that cheap here? No, I don't know. Talk about a callback. Right. I love that one time when you were like, you know, is is monogamy real? What is that? <laughs> that goes back. Says the guy who's married. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You got time? You gonna call me back? Yeah, I'm gonna hit you back. We gotta wrap this right. up before Sounds it good, turns man. into a, a tome. So, uh, <laughs> all right, brother. Yeah, give me a second. All right. All right. 
<clears throat> All right. Anything? Uh, so you're in Vegas. What are you doing? I'm in Vegas. What am, what am I going to do if I'm in when I'm in Vegas? Uh-huh. Besides, see your mom. Bunny Ranch. No. no. <laughs> I know Stanhope is like really convinced that that's like, that's his big thing. He wants to take me there, and we might go there for the show, for the travel show. Okay. Um, yeah. I think I might. I think all I'm allowed to get is a blowy, though. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, we might do that. I'm not really super stoked on. Uh, you know what? I don't want to just merge the fine establishment there at the Bunny Ranch in case I end up doing a show or have to be out there. <laughs> but just like the idea of like getting a blowy from a stranger, from a stranger isn't exactly the uh, the height of eroticism. Now, a 16 year old me would have been in love with it, but I don't know, dude. I don't know. You haven't had anything for a while. I think a stiff breeze might get you going. Right, but the, <laughs> the idea is by the time I go out to Vegas, I don't think that's going to be the case right, anymore. Right, right. You know, so, you know, I call me old-fashioned or just old now, but... People watching is I don't know, the best man. thing to do here, I think. What's like, the weather like? Is it like, super stifling and buggy? I haven't been outside, dude. I have no idea. We landed at, like, fucking <laughs> midnight. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen. Listen. This has been a long. One. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. What do you uh, what do you plan on doing while you're there? Hopefully, we might get a a, a three way with Martin. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> three, man. Uh, speaking of stuff I want to do in Vegas, three way with Mama C. Well, <laughs> uh, we might be able to do it lay down an episode. I think at the very least, you guys can. Uh, yep. um, yeah. You brought your equipment and all that stuff. So. I did. Yeah, that, that might be fun. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, how long are you going to be there? You're going to be leave, you're going to be there for like a week or something. Three more days, uh, four more days. Yep. This is for work, correct? Yep. Yep. So I got some stuff to do this afternoon. Oh, this I got to go to Vegas for work. For oh, work. Trust me, oh man, Anytime. I got to go. <laughs> Anytime you want to try All right, this shit next, out. <laughs> you you got to go. Uh, now you got to go make your appearance on the Housekeepers podcast and I then do. tell her next time. Mm-hmm. She's going to come up here and be on ours. So, with, if you don't have anything else, we're going to get Good. the hell out of here. Let's do it. Because they're going to close yard, and we've been spinning laps out here, and the one hook's looking at me on behalf of myself, Mama Kim, GR Joe, Mama C, and JD, and Vegas. Look up from your fucking phones if you're in a phone. We are gone. We gone. Hi, everybody. Mama C here. For the complete library, full episodes, and bonus content, and mainly to support this cause, visit Notes from the Pen on Patreon. To learn more about Bobby and Prison Reform, visit our website, notesfromthepen.com. And follow us on Twitter to stay current. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.